0: Well, thank you for coming and for some of you coming back to church. This is our Back to Church Sunday. Woo, yeah. Yeah, if I haven't uh, met you yet, please uh, introduce yourself. I'd love to sit down and talk with you. We're going to have a potluck and a barbecue after. If you have kids, we brought a bouncy house. If you're a big kid, we have a bouncy house. It's going to be fun. Uh, The weather kind of made us change our plans for today today. Right, we were going to do everything outside, um, and then, uh, I don't know if you know this, every week, Jerry puts in the prayer request to pray for rain, so thanks, Jerry. <laughs> so yeah, it works, guys, it works, so uh, yeah. Uh, so we're excited. Uh, we're starting a, a new a series, and I'm, I'm excited we'll get to that. Uh, if you are a guest uh, today with us today, we'd love to, to pray with you. So please fill out one of those connection cards if you give me your information, which I know is really scary, but if you give me your information, I will mail you a Dutch Brothers gift card. So there you go. Uh, so exciting. I know uh, this is not a paid advertisement by Dutch Brothers because quite frankly, they don't need any more advertisement, but you might, see, you might have seen their name a place or two here in town. But now you know what's at stake if you don't fill one out. So if you're, you know, your spouse is like, hey, we need to fill one out, and you're like, well, I don't really want to, but I really want that Dutch Brothers gift card. So it's like, yeah, you better, better do that. Uh, so yeah, this, uh, the next coming weeks, we're gonna be talking about uh, uh, driven, right? Who is in the driver's seat of your life? We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Are we letting the Holy Spirit lead us? Uh, are we letting the Holy Spirit drive and choose where... We go. Last week, I asked you guys to, to write down some questions on those connection cards. And at first, all I saw was one. And I was like, well, this is going to be a short series, uh, one week. Uh, but then we found we had, we, had a, we had a lot, and that's really exciting. So uh, please, if, if, you don't, if you feel like, oh, I forgot one, and I'm going to write it down, that, now would be a great time. If you had a bulletin, those connection cards are in there. Write down your question. Uh, this would be great, because we'll continue to answer them. Uh, first, I, I need you guys to know what is the, the, really the backbone of this series, because I, d- I don't do a sermon series, I don't do something like that because it's cool or it's catchy or because I, I like to make slides, because I don't, I don't like to make slides, uh, but I will because I love you. Uh, but uh, I don't do it because it's cool or hip or trendy, I do it because we're, we're based in scripture. So here is the, the, the backbone, the scriptural basis for this series comes out of Galatians chapter 5. And so if you had uh, one of those bulletins, you'll see that in your notes. Galatians 5, uh, verses 16 through 26. Uh, if you didn't know, your children in children's church, if you have them, they're, being, uh, they're memorizing a couple of these passages, a couple of these verses in, uh, in this group. And at the end of October, they're going to come up here in front of the whole church, and they're going to give their memory verse. They're going to they're gonna sing some songs. It's going to be really fun. So I'm excited about that. Uh, if you're like, hey, I want my kid to be a part of that, just put them in Children's Church, which is right over there. If you've got really little ones, they're over here. So like three and less, but anything older than that, uh, they're in that room and it's going to be really fun. It's really great. So, so here's the passage again, if you're with me, Galatians chapter five. It's a big uh, chunk of verses here, uh, 16 through 26. You have probably heard this before if you've heard me speak, but this is what it says. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Can I get an amen just on that right right off the gate? right? Like uh, I saw a bunch of pies come in today, and I'm like, I think I'll just take one for me. Uh, But the Spirit said, no, those are for other people. So uh, continuing on, verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, amen? Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, Keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the battle of good versus evil. Right in cartoons, right, you'd have a a little devil on one shoulder, right, and then you'd have the angel on the other. This is that battle that is being waged within you. One of my favorite movies of all time, The Emperor's New Groove. Uh, you know, Kronk has that little devil on his shoulder, and and he goes, he wants to take you down the path of righteousness, but I want to take you down the path that rocks, and I feel like that's often our temptation. We think, hey, man, if, if I go all in, if I let the Holy Spirit work through me, I'm going to be lame, right? Everyone else is cool and having fun, And I'm just going to be this loser who's doing God's work. You know, how dumb am I? Uh, So we need to get into the the reality that we all have temptations. We all have temptations that are discussed in this passage. Uh, Maybe you're not doing some of the more uh, egregious things, uh, but notice that the little things like envy and the really big sins like orgies are in the same verse, it's because, because really, in, in God's eyes, they're they're all the same. It's all creating a division between us, and having a healthy relationship. It, it, these temptations, when we when we fulfill them, they destroy families. They destroy churches. They hurt ourselves physically. They end friendships and they hinder the spread of the gospel. I, I'm, I'm going to assume, because Paul, he's writing to these letters, these epistles, right? As we've been talking about, we just finished Philippians, so this is Galatians. Uh, this was to the church in Galatia. It was a, it was a physical church. It was a people that, that he knew. He knew this place. And it seems like whenever he writes these lists of things, uh, these sinful lists, he's talking about sins that they're dealing with within the church. He's addressing issues that they have in the church, and so he's not just writing uh, some capricious things, he's intentionally writing to things, issues that are going on, which is pretty crazy. Idolatry, sorcery, is anyone a sorcerer in this room? I mean, I know we have some essential oils, but you know, that's, that's different, okay? Uh, enmity, strife, jealousy, clearly no one in this room has ever been jealous or ever will be, so that's good. Um, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. Uh, he warns us that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, it's clear, right? We don't want to do those things, right? Those things, bad, right? Just to put it very plainly, that's what Paul's like, hey, don't do not do these things, don't do things like these things. He makes it pretty, a pretty, uh, a pretty uh, distinct point. But he says that you will reap what you sow. If you decide that this is the person that you wanna be, the things on this list, you're like, I I wanna be that person. It describes part of who I am and I don't wanna change that part. So I'm just gonna be that. You will reap what you sow. So don't do those things. But instead, he says, keep in step with the spirit. This is an eternal battle for our souls, which is the desires of our flesh versus the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So that's the question, who is in the driver's seat of your life? Is it the desires of your flesh or is it the Spirit? Uh, so that's, that's the backbone of our series, and so we're, I, I will talk about that a little bit each week. Who's in the driver's seat uh, of your life, the flesh or the Spirit? I had a lot of the same question that, that came in and it was kind of asked in, in different ways and I, and I, and I want to answer multiple questions a week, but this one is, is pretty important. So speaking of, uh, of the Holy Spirit, right, are we letting the Holy Spirit guide us? The, the question is this, uh, if both my spouse and I are unhappy and have been unhappy for some time... How do we allow the Holy Spirit to rule in us and through us? And again, if you're like, hey, I didn't write that down. I, I wrote something similar to that, but not the same. Well, it's because I had to, I had to merge multiple questions of the same question uh, in, the, in the same thing. Now, we have a lot of, of married couples here, um, but this is for anyone who has ever been married, who will ever be married, who knows someone who's married, or who knows someone who will be married, right? So this is it's all-encompassing. This is how to have healthy relationships, not just in marriage, but for everyone. Uh, so right out of the gate, I wanted to address the two biggest lies that we believe about marriage, and, the, and it's these things. It will ruin our lives, keep us from loving our spouses. Lie number one, it is my spouse's job to make me happy, right? We say stuff like happy wife, happy life, We say, so yeah, if mom is not happy and nobody happy, that's a sin, y'all. That's a sin, okay? That's selfishness. Now, I agree. I do everything I can to make my wife happy, right? Because I love having a house full of peace. We'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if, if you say, if my spouse doesn't make me happy, we often go to the second one. If I'm unhappy with my spouse, I should find another one who will make me happy. And anyone who's now on marriage five or six or seven, you know, you understand that this is a revolving door and, and they're like, it's, well, it's not my problem, it's all my ex's problems. It's like, well, maybe we need to start address that maybe you're the problem and, and we need to be real and we need to grow within ourselves and, and we need to understand that these two lies will ruin our marriage. If either one of those you believe in your core, you will never have a healthy, happy marriage. Because you have one foot out the door before the marriage even begins. If you don't make me happy, I'm gone. And it's your job to make me happy. So let's address the first lie. We're not really going to talk about the second because we understand that's just messed up on all kinds of levels. So the first one, uh, my spouse's job is to make me happy. If you want to be happy and have a happy marriage, you have to stop believing this lie. It is your job to bless and serve your spouse. It is not their job to make you happy. It is your job to bless and serve your spouse. So say it with me, everybody. Say, it is my job to bless and serve my spouse, right? One more time. One more time with feeling. It is my job to bless and serve my spouse. Some of you out there, I can see there's like, nope, I disagree, so... Uh, You're entitled to your opinion. A marriage that that honors Christ and is empowered by the Holy Spirit is one where both husband and wife have this mentality. It's not one serving and blessing the other. It is both blessing and serving each other. Serve each other with selfless love and forgive each other immediately. Now, I I gave you those those inserts uh, in your bulletin, so I have all these passages. We're going to read them. And some of you might say, well, this this isn't talking about marriage. These are just talking about relationships. Well, anybody who's married, your relationship is your most intimate, your deepest relationship. And so if you're going to get a relationship right, it better be that one. You better start practicing there. Okay, so uh, we're going to go really fast. And so you're not going to be able to flip through, which is why I gave you that that insert. Okay, Uh, so this is it. John 13, 34. This is Jesus speaking, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 and verse 14, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. In verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. I mean we often say this is for the kids, right? It's not for us. You don't see that on my page. You don't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Just close your eyes. It's not there. <laughs> so then out of Romans chapter 12 says, "Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice." Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. From Ephesians 5, uh, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. From 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Wow. 1 Peter 4:8. above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. 1 John 4, and 12, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love One another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So, really, just a couple couple verses to keep in mind as we ask the question: how do we allow the Holy Spirit to have the driver's seat in our marriage, right? We made an insert so you can take it home. You can put it up on your fridge or put it by your nightstand. You can remember these things because uh, there's going to be times where you're not going to want to live these verses out. Apply these verses to your marriage, however, and you, it will change you and it will change your entire household. Because when, when we're being honest, it's really easy for us to see the flaws in our spouse while we ignore or make excuses for our own. We can even see flaws in other people's spouses. And sometimes not even see how the flaws that we just brought up are the very ones that we struggle with ourselves. So before we begin to take the speck of dust out of our spouse's eye, let us remove the plank from our own. So from Philippians 2, right, this is the question, of our, uh, who's in the driver's seat? And these are questions uh, from Philippians chapter 2. Are your actions completely devoid of selfishness? No. (laughs) Right? Can, Can we be honest with ourselves in this situation? No. But he says do nothing from selfish ambition. Do nothing. So when we apply that to our marriages... Is all that you say and do in your marriage motivated by doing what is good and right for others? So before we take the speck out of our spouse's eye, let us remove the log from our own. Uh, The second question, do you consider your spouse more important than yourself? Yeah, most of the time. Until you have a fight. Or until they, they do something you don't like. When you're both tired and there's a chore that needs to be done, who do you expect to do it? Right? Someone else, right? Yeah, not me. I mean, I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, anybody else have, you know, their, their dad have the chair, Right? When his, when his butt sat down in that chair, he ain't moving. Yeah. The trash needs to be taken out, not him, <laughs> right? You know, two-year-old just dragging the trash outside, you know. <laughs> so are you always the first to get up, and do you have a good attitude about it? Because sometimes, you know, just to be real with you, I often have been the first to get up, but there's a lot of things I want to say as I stand up, you know? Right. Pray after that. Is it okay? Yeah, totally. You should always pray, absolutely, all the time. Okay, uh, do you show interest in your spouse's interests? And some of you, this, this question really hurts because your spouse doesn't. Now, uh, God often brings two Unlikely pairs together. I mean, as far as interests go, Catherine and I are about as far as the East is from the West, right? I'm sports and, you know, football. And, you know, so my son Zeke and I will, you know, do the football stuff. And, and Catherine's, you know, manny petties and, you know, like feelings. I don't even know what those are. I felt hungry once. You know, so there's like, there's this, this dichotomy. There's this gap between us. But when she comes and she tells me about something that she is excited about, Do I listen earnestly? Do I ask follow-up questions? And again, these are about ourselves. We're asking this question about ourselves. Do we take an honest interest in our spouse's interest? Jeff's really into bugs. Did you know that? So Gretchen's going to be like, hey, babe, did you find any bugs today? Right? (laughs) She doesn't care about bugs, but she cares about Jeff. Bugs are gross. But she cares. She cares about Jeff. And it's great uh, to see that. Uh, are you quick to change the subject when your spouse starts talking about something that he or she likes? Or are you, are you quick to uh, ask them more questions uh, to learn more about it? Okay, uh, Rome for Moments chapter 12. Do you attempt to outdo showing honor to your spouse? Is it a competition to show who will honor the other person more? When your spouse does something hurtful, do you respond out of hurt or do you choose to bless them in return? I remember that was one of the things that, that my mentor told me when I was uh, when I, right before I married Catherine. He said, there's going to be days when she's going to say something or do something to hurt your feelings. And if you have to, take a minute and then do your least favorite chore. Clean the litter box, right? Do the dishes, whatever that least favorite chore is. And try to have a good attitude about it. Because if you can choose to bless them instead of uh, hurting them in return, you stop the pain cycle right there. So do you choose to bless when you are hurt? Uh, This is mostly for the men, but when your spouse is weeping, do you stay by their side and weep with them? Or do you leave them and let them cry alone? And sometimes your wife will say, just get out of here, you know? Oh, I'm so sad. But really what she's saying is, I want you by my side. Don't leave. Stay. Don't say anything. Just keep your mouth shut. (laughs) They're not looking for someone to fix it. They're just, they want you to listen, okay? Uh, Do you do everything possible to live at peace in your house? Or do you have to get the last word in or the first word in? Right? When, you're, when you're doing a chore that you don't want to do, ah, I always have to do this. Why do I always have to be the one that gets up with the kids? Why do I always have to be the one that, that does this? Or do you always have to get the last word in? Or are you doing everything possible to live at peace in your house? Do you sometimes start arguments just for argument's sake? Right? Yeah. It is personal, right? Some of us, some of you out there are like, no, I already got this stuff figured out, right? I've been married for 50 years. I haven't, you know, I haven't upset anyone in a long time. And your spouse is sitting next to you like, yeah, he does all those things. So it's like, (laughs) some of these are blind spots in our lives that were, again, we have to ask the question, who's, who's in the driver's seat? Is it us or the Holy Spirit? And if we're going to let the Holy Spirit drive in our marriage, we also have to ask uh, these, these questions too from Ephesians 5. Husbands, do you always show love and adore your wife, no matter how she is acting, no matter what mood she's in? Are you gentle, kind, loving, and patient with her, no matter what? Hmm. What about wives? Do you always show respect to your husband? No matter how disrespectful he's acting, no matter how unloved you feel, do you choose to allow the Holy Spirit to show honor to your spouse, to your husband? Do you respect what God has called you to do? From 1 Corinthians 13, uh, are you ever rude on purpose? Um, I'm, I'm a guy despite what 2022 might have us question about ourselves. Uh, But I'm a man, and I'm a man who puts his foot in his mouth, right? He's got... (laughs) It's what I do. And there are so many times when I'm, I'm trying to say something out of gentleness and kindness, and I say it, and it's like, whoops, uh... Can I I take that back? You know, like, I didn't mean to be rude. I wasn't trying to be rude. I was earnestly trying uh, to show love. Uh, So that's why I said, are you ever rude on purpose? Do you ever say stuff or do stuff that you know your spouse will not enjoy? Do you insist on your way? This is a big one. Does everything have to be done your way? If your spouse loads the dishwasher wrong, do you speak up? If your spouse folds the laundry wrong, do you have to fix it? What if they park in the wrong parking spot? That was mine the other day. Catherine, the truck goes sideways and the car goes straight. And so Catherine parked the truck straight and I got all in a fit. like I'm gonna park the car in the street. Get out and repark my truck. These things have to be done my way. It's the only way that makes sense. And then like two minutes later, I'm like, I'm ridiculous. I'm a child. So do you insist on things being done your way? Does everything in your house have to be done your way or everyone will suffer? Are you irritable? Don't, please don't throw a shoe. Uh, what does it take? What does it take to set you off? Purely hypothetical. Uh, if you're in the grocery store and your spouse is walking in front of you and farts, uh, do you consider it a personal attack on you? Purely hypothetical. (laughs) Are you irritable? In some cultures, that's a sign of love. So there you go. Uh, Purely hypothetical, of course, right? I am a man of God, ladies and gentlemen. I would never do that. Uh, I always think it's funny, too, because it's not like I'm like, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pass gas. It's going to stink really bad. And then I'm going to get in trouble. I hate being in trouble. I hate that feeling. So like when it happens, I'm like, oh man, I did it again. Okay. And to get, the, get to the crux of the matter really is when it comes to 1 John 4, he says, uh, this is verses 11 and 12. He says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. Because God loves us, we love one another. Because God loves us, we love each other. Not because of what our spouse does or does not do. We love one another. I think sometimes the, the issue is this, that we, we spend more time with each other when you know, you know, like when your marriage first gets started, everything's really great, right? As as my spouse uh, comes up on stage, Uh-oh. right? When we, yeah, when we first get together, you know, uh, you know, we stood, we stood together. And we stood at the altar, and we, you know, we loved each other so much. And I made a bunch of promises I can't keep, and you know, like, and I cry. Yeah, and she cries, and I mean, it was so beautiful. And and you know, uh, tens of people came to our wedding, and it was gorgeous. You know. <laughs> But we love, we love that part, right? Because all we see is our spouse. All we see is this, this beauty between us. All I see is this beautiful, elegant, smart woman who has nothing but love and kindness to offer me in return. But then after we've been married for like six months or so, um, <laughs> I realize that she leaves the, the cap off the toothpaste. And it doesn't really get to me at first, but then it's like, eventually, Really starts to bug me, and then I start to
1: notice that he has no problem farting in front of me at the grocery store.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah, it's fine. Um, you know, we uh, before we had kids, especially we would drive all the time, and she was my navigator, and it'd be like you're supposed to turn two exits ago, so she's really, she's really bad at giving directions, and,
1: uh. uh and then, you know, we I, I, there's things I don't mind about cleaning the house. I love laundry. It's super weird, but if he leaves the toilet paper roll empty on the thing one
0: more time, <laughs> I might lose my mind. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I don't know if I want to say this one. <laughs> in-laws. in-laws. Yeah, yeah in-laws. <laughs> so, I mean, like, this is the, the first couple years. These things really aren't that important. It's it's kind of easy to look the other way, but as you can see, even just a couple years into our marriage, there begins to be this pile of garbage between us. And the, and the distance where we used to hold hands and be close to one another, now we can barely see each other. And it really starts to pile up over time.
1: I just feel like it's a one-way conversation and you're a closed book. There's there's just, I I have no idea how you're feeling. Mm.
0: Not that I have a whole lot of things to put on the counter, but your makeup takes up the whole counter. (laughs)
1: You know, it's been months and months and months of us trying to get pregnant, and I'm just tired of feeling like I'm disappointing you every month. <laughs>
0: um, I don't really care about clothes, but I would like my own space, and I get about, like, this much of our huge closet, so got a lot of clothes in there.
1: Postpartum depression.
0: Yeah. See, sometimes there's, there's things in our lives like postpartum depression or losing a job or something like that that create this garbage in between us that we didn't sign up for. We couldn't control. You can't prepare for postpartum depression. You can't prepare for the things in life that come between you, but it still continues to stack up and eventually kind of seems insurmountable, like her pile of shoes. (laughs) Or
1: his pile of laundry everywhere, but the laundry basket. Mm.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, as, as we've had kids, I used to play a lot of sports and now I don't get to play sports anymore.
1: And, you know, these days, I just feel like you'd be anywhere else, you'd rather be anywhere else besides with our family.
0: Sometimes I don't feel like you have to listen to anything that I have to say.
1: You know, I I think we just need to go to counseling.
0: How many of us have been here? Yeah, when we got married, right, we stood next to each other. We made vows. We promised to love each other for the rest of our lives till death do us part. And now all that seems like I can't even see my perfect, amazing, loving, patient, kind spouse anymore. All I see is this pile of garbage. Sometimes we just Decide, you know what? It's too much. I'm done. But what if it didn't have to be that way? What if we could choose to be kind? What if we could change ourselves? Hey, uh, um, I know sometimes I'm an idiot and I know that my farts stink and I leave my clothes everywhere but where they're supposed to be and I just need you to know that I'm really sorry and I want to change. I want to choose to be different. I wanna choose to be kind. I'm gonna choose to love you no matter what. I'm gonna choose to have patience. I'm gonna choose to be gentle. I'm going to choose to be faithful. I'm going to choose to be good. I'm going to choose to be yours. I'm going to choose to take this box. I'm going to choose to not be irritable. And all the trash that was between us is gone and now once again I can stand next to my lovely amazing perfect wife and tell her how much I love her and how much I believe in her but it's all starting with choices so no alright well yeah give her a round of applause thank you Catherine I know some of y'all were worried. You saw all these boxes and you thought, they're moving, right? (laughs) That's it. They're gone. So who's in the driver's seat of your marriage? If you are, I'm going to guess that you haven't gotten to the destination that you wanted to end up in. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up now. Um, maybe now in your marriage or, you know, in your future marriages, you're going to get to the point where you feel like you're so lost and you can't find your way back and you need some GPS, some God's positioning system in your marriage. You need the Holy Spirit to drive. You get to choose to be the vessel that God chooses to bless your spouse You are the conduit for God's love for your spouse. So choose to be sent by God. Choose to be the best. The best you can be. The person who always forgives and forgets. Stop bringing up the past. Stop bickering. Choose not to be bitter and choose to be better. Let the Holy Spirit conquer all the thoughts you have that steal your joy. And you will once again find yourself in a happy marriage. So today is the day you get to choose to be the passenger and let the Holy Spirit guide your marriage. Let's pray. Father, we allow so much to come between us. We believe so many lies. We choose to live in in unforgiveness. We choose to let the garbage pile up so much so that we can't even see each other anymore. So God, help us to tear down that pile of trash piece by piece. And Father, it starts with us letting your spirit guide us. So help us to be the spouses that our spouse needs us to be, that we've always wanted to be.